Hello and welcome to the Everyday Problems podcast, a podcast about the problems we face each day as we go about our busy lives. I'm Tom Corneal and my co-host Liam Tarvit and I have had many dealings with depression and anxiety and other related issues and wanted to provide a safe space where we can normalise the conversation around mental health and its impact on everything from the workplace to grief to just getting through the day. I should point out that we're not medical professionals and we don't profess to have all the answers, but we are veterans of the embattled mind and we hope that by sharing our war stories we might shed some light on solutions that could be useful to you or people that you know. Welcome to episode one of the second series of the Everyday Problems podcast. It is a new year, it's 2021 and Liam and I thought it would be a good idea just to get together and have a good old catch up. In this episode, you'll hear us discussing how we're both feeling, how we've managed over the last few months in lockdown, and we'll also make some recommendations for lots of the things that have been getting us through some pretty odd times. I'm going to start with an apology of sorts regarding one of my recommendations this episode. Later on, you'll hear me talk about the book Sing Backwards and Weep by Mark Lanigan. Now, it is an absolutely fantastic book, particularly if you're a musician or a music fan. However, at the point of making the recommendation, I was really only in the early stages of the book and I didn't realise that it was going to become more or less 12 hours of drug addiction. It's a great cautionary tale and a really interesting book. However, a light read it is not. So if it's something that you're considering, then go for it. But be warned, it is pretty heavy going. Oh, and be sure to stay tuned for Liam's impression of Mark Lanigan singing. That's worth hanging around for, if nothing else. Anyway, let's get on with the episode. How are you doing? How are you out of 10, mate? Out of 10? Um, I don't, I mean, it all feels a bit weird at the moment. The, the whole like lockdown thing has just been, um, like the novelty of it's completely gone because the weather's been shit. Um, haven't really been going up. I've been running like five, five days a week for the last three weeks. Um, which is which has been good for me because it's made me go out of the house. I've quite been quite motivated to do it. I haven't been like measuring myself or timing myself or anything like that. I'm just like go out for half an hour at a time. So that that's there's things that have been really good and have like been actively not sitting and watching telly. But then other things have been like work is just a drag at the moment. Trying right. to be motivated every day, working at home um, is is really difficult so I don't know I don't really know how to answer it like if you'd have asked me this morning I'd have been like two but now I'm like eight nine I feel fine and feel all right but yeah the day is just really quite wavy yeah. and I think just not seeing you know not really seeing people and not doing stuff like even just within like literally within five minutes of talking to you yeah I feel like there's a bit more of my world open again yeah but yeah it, I get that you know what I mean yeah, I totally get that. I, I, I really identify with with that, not knowing how to answer the question as well, because I think for me, I, I'd say my my average mood since we started, well, since before we started the podcast, really, but it's, it's continued on an upward trajectory. My general average mood, I'm in a better place than I was 18 months ago, two years ago. But on a day-to-day basis, like you, it will fluctuate massively because it's just because the times are just so strange and it's yeah. and, it, and it is really I don't know how to put it I was talking to my, to my dad uh, on the phone last night and uh, or a couple of days ago and he said um, he was talking to one of his friends a, a lady and she is generally fine but we'll burst into tears occasionally for, mm. for, without much sort of provocation. And, um, and I think that kind of summed it up for me. I think it's, mm. it's just like, I think we're all doing, we've kind of learned a lot of us to be resilient because we've had, you know, coming up for a year at practicing this way of living in, you know, the lockdown planet that we're on. Yeah. Um, but, every so often your guard slips because it is really hard to, to keep that that level of energy that's necessary to be okay in such strange circumstances when you, you just don't get to escape much you know when we can't go anywhere we can't go there's no um I, I remember early conversations with neighbors saying that do you know what um 
I've really enjoyed getting back into cooking and I've re I've given time to enjoy it more. And I've, you know, th there were certain things that we were starting to find quite mindful and meditative that normally perhaps we would have gone out for dinner on certain nights. We, if you can't do that, oh, okay, well, I'll spend a bit more time making an effort with this. I'll make bread. Yeah. We'll do all these things. And I think while that practice was good and we really, really needed it, we've now not had some of those luxuries and those little little diversions from everyday life for so mm. long that it's it is quite hard some days i mm -hmm. i i i find that i mean we're still um i probably every other day we manage to go out for a decent walk for an hour or so mm. um that's really good are you um are you so you, you say you managed to get out for a, a, a run and things like that are you quite disciplined with these things now or does it tend to come and go the running thing's been good well yeah i've had to be disciplined i suppose what i've been doing is going out at half four so right. literally like it's making me finish work on time which has been which has probably been super helpful for me as well in terms of that like switching off and disengaging from work Right. for the day because I, I was chatting to Kate about it the other day and Kate said like she would frequently come upstairs at quarter six and I'd still be there and she'd say are you coming are you going to finish now and I'd go oh yeah, yeah I'll be down in 10 minutes and an hour later or half an hour later I'd still be up here typing away and she's coming in literally like turn the computer off yeah so finish work so it's been really good from that point of view that's a, the bit of it that I'm like determined to keep going because it's um it's a bit it's i suppose you know you've got obviously the the good element of doing it where you get the endorphins and all of that from running but you also get that good kind of switch off mode from it that i that it's a little bit like your commute it feels a little bit like that commute home time where you you can reflect on the day a little bit when you're running but then by the time you get back in and you're hot and you want to have a shower and then you're hungry you you're you're sort of done the, the day at work is done so it's, yeah. it's been really it's been really good from that point of view and it's really I think it's really helped me like having this scheduled in today is really helpful as well because um once I come off my call at five o'clock today I was like right I've got enough time to make a cup of tea then I'm calling you mm. so it's like don't start looking at emails again don't start picking up those little notes that I made where I'm like oh I should do that so yeah I think it's like trying to be more disciplined with myself and learning from the discipline that I have in one area with the running that that's something that actually I can take elsewhere mm. um yeah so from that point of view, it's quite good. But then the other side of it, where I'm, where I'm struggling from the discipline side, I suppose, is the, is the work element of it. In that, just because of the, like the fatigue of sitting in the same room, looking at the same screen, not having any break from that is, it is Groundhog Day in effect. That's so. That's something that that really separates us at the moment. I don't have a. My days are not structured like yours. So I, that must yeah. be. I can only imagine that must be really difficult. Are you able to? Do you ever consider sort of moving room and just like some something I do quite a lot is because um, I've really found a rhythm with the, the, the. I'm working for myself now and and working on different creative projects, but surprise surprise in spite of what as creative as it is still most of it is sat in front of a computer because that's just normal yeah. life now i think isn't it that's how yeah. humans yeah. exist but i tend to try and i haven't done it today i've been here all day but uh move into we've got like a breakfast bar in the kitchen i'll go and work there for an hour or in the afternoons when it's quite cold and I've, I've sort of lasted as long as I possibly can I'll go to the lounge and put a fire on and I'll work in there is that something that would possibly work for you Jeff? yeah and it's, it's something yeah it's something we've done a, we've done a bit of kind of using different space in the house or swapping around um because Kate tends to work in the kitchen and then I work in the spare sure. room so um yeah we have done it a little bit but I still I, I think it's the the main thing is that kind of 
the fatigue from that virtual presence yeah it's sure. that you know sitting and looking in looking at a screen in effect and talking to people doing exactly what we're doing now but you know doing it for, for eight hours a day and it's those where you have those days where you're back to back is um you not only are always accruing more and more things to do but with no time to do it but also it's it is just the, the fatigue from that so i think yeah. then when i get a break from it it is then yeah that's that's a bit i'm probably finding just just hardest and I think for a long for probably the last two or three months you we've had that sort of I knew I was going to be off work for a couple of weeks for Christmas yeah and that's been the light at the end of the tunnel of course so that's a sort of like yeah I've got a break I've got a break I've got some holiday coming up and then you get to that and obviously we had the disappointment well we're planning to go and see my parents and my sister for those four or five days travel that they sort of allowed or were proposing for us to have which obviously was then you know kind of cancelled so yeah the the kind of disappointment from that and I know for some people that's you know probably like heartbreaking and it, it certainly wasn't like that it, it didn't feel that extreme for me but it was definitely something that I was looking forward to not being in the house for five days yeah you know and all of those sorts of things so yeah it's been uh, I don't know I I one of uh, uh well our, our kind of senior senior person who looks after our division at work she's kind of repeatedly said cut yourself some slack be kind to yourself you know do do the things that you need to do um and that's that's really nice to have that um that kind of voice reiterating it um and it's sometimes it's easier said than done but it's quite it's quite nice knowing that other people within the organization are, are sort of trying to get that message across to people yeah. um and i think that's what you just got to try and do and it's quite easy to get in a rut of like oh, i've got all these things to do and i've you know you know what it's like when you it doesn't matter the situation really yeah i think it, it can feel a little bit more um probably feel a little bit more pressured or or a little bit more like it's just on you because you're not seeing other people and you're not seeing everyone go through the same things yes um and it's and where you've got that other fatigue as well from it i suppose is that a lot of the conversations that you're having with people are the same like i speak every time i speak to my parents everything is just about the pandemic yeah you know, that's like and every time i speak to my mates loads of it's about the pandemic because that's the thing in the news that's the thing at the forefront of everybody's mind so all of our experiences with the pandemic are different but it's the kind of common it's the it's the local common denominator behind all conversation. So it's then it's then not always as helpful as it might be if you were talking about your mental health. Yeah. Because you get some relief from it by talking about it, but actually it's you just sort of say, oh, we're all in the same situation, which is in the early stages was helpful, but I think now it's sort of it just makes it all the more exhausting in a way. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I think there were moments early on when because I think we live in a world now where there's so much access to so many forms of uh, entertainment. And I'm, by that, I mean, as broad as everything from books to Netflix to mm. you know, I'm not going to list every form of entertainment, <laughs> but you, you get it. You know, we can do so many things that actually that level of choice, I think, as a as a, a race, it, it's kind of um, split us apart, really, because people have very varied interests. And like the, I always think about TV and how when when I was at school, it was, yeah. you know, four, then five channels. Yeah. Wow. And the, the kind of cool thing about not having that much choice was when you go into school the next day, the chances are everyone had watched the same thing or you yeah. know there may be two different things to pick from and you'd be having conversations about the same thing you'd have a whole classroom full of people talking about the same thing that they watched last night and yeah. I've really felt over the years in the workplace slowly but surely those conversations are oh, is anyone watching such and such at the moment one person in the room will say oh yeah I'm work watching that but there's like, you know, 20 yeah. odd people, everyone's into something totally different. And we've all become really separate. And I can remember when the um, 
the the virus first hit and we we were there was moments of sheer panic and despair and it was horrible and and lots of our moods dropped but then i think for me what followed there was an element of it which felt almost strangely comforting because it was the same experience for everyone yeah. it felt like yeah. it, it felt like we you just said it but you know we're all in this together and i found that the first unifying thing that i'd experienced for a really long time that i could really remember so it's it seems to be what you know the, the topics of conversation that unite us at the moment are not particularly fun ones and that's yeah that's really hard car and i were chatting before about how um because the, the news today i mean the stuff changes so quickly by the time the podcast goes out this may have moved on but the news today was that um scotland are ex- uh they, they've expanded their um predicted lockdown into i think they said march yeah um, Ireland have as well this afternoon right there we go okay uh, oh, or was it Northern Ireland? Anyway, someone's doing it, and the prediction yeah. is that probably all of us will end up doing that or something like it. And I, I wasn't particularly surprised by it, but um, it was interesting. Cara and I seem to take turns in being the optimist and <laughs> the one who's feeling a bit defeated, and that's probably a yeah. good balance to have. Yeah. Um, and she was quite upset by it on this occasion because she's just over it by this point. We we all are, but. I, I was feeling quite pragmatic and, and I sort of made the point that being disappointed isn't going to change it. So mm. this, I think a useful exercise for us would be to stop again, take stock and go, okay, so we're in this for a bit longer. That's a given. We don't know how long for, but what things can we do to make lockdown more fun? Because I think every so often you kind of got to remind yourself of these things. We haven't been, um, there's, there's simple little things that we've talked about a lot, but we haven't got around to. And for us, um, I, I guess it's slightly different to your kind of work, but in a, not a million miles different um, way, because Car is self-employed and I'm now self-employed. There's no one to stop that work going on. So given mm. that we're at home all the time, we are pretty much just always working and it doesn't, it, it doesn't perhaps feel quite the same way. I haven't got emails flooding in from people to answer to. So I've got that freedom, which is lovely. And I've, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But at the same time, um, it's very difficult to choose to do something different when you, you're yeah. there, you've got the time and anything you're doing could potentially be contributing to paying the bills and saving some money and stuff. So you just work, work, work. And we said at the beginning of lockdown that we were going to do proper movie nights so we were going to not just i don't just mean stick netflix on and and veg well i I suppose i do mean that but i mean proper designated get popcorn make sure that's on your shopping list put the phones in the other room yeah um you know get get all your treats get all your your crisps your popcorn your chocolate whatever get some hot dogs get some nachos whatever is your thing uh turn the lights off choose a film pay for a film you know, go, yeah. get get a film that you have to make an effort to watch and, and make time for it and both be in that moment together. Mm. And that was how many months ago? So, I mean, it's got 10, 10 months ago, I suppose. Lockdown started to, to yeah. come in now. And yeah. we still haven't done that. You know, that's just one thing. We said that we would... Oh, we, we of course, watched The Queen's Gambit, which was amazing and absolutely... I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was, that was great. Uh, so we were going to get brilliant at chess we played one game <laughs> one bad game and it's the chessboard is now on our coffee table in the lounge there ready for us but it's so easy i think we as humans we can be our own worst enemies in that actually do you know what the tools for survival and cheering ourselves up they are here i mean it's not the same we mm. don't have we don't have all the same options you can't you shouldn't really be driving to the beach for the day because um, we're not supposed to travel that far. We can't really go on holiday. And that, I mean, that in itself is contentious because there are still holidays going on that, and it's, it's legal to do it. So, yeah. you know, that, that's really hard to navigate. Um, there's a lot of things you can't do, but we do have a lot of things in our home. We, we've spent our lives filling our homes with things that we like. We're mm. just not very good always at taking the time to enjoy them because I think we feel like 
we should be working all of the time. That's that's sort of built into us now. Yeah, and I guess that's where it that's where it is very different, isn't it? When you're self-employed versus being employed by a company, because your routine your routine is different in that. Um, like for me, I need to be online at half eight in the morning. Yeah. But actually that gives me some incentive when it gets to half four to say, well, I'm done for mm. the day. Whereas you've got more flexibility in some respect, but then you've, you've got, you haven't got that, the one major benefit of not being self-employed, which is you get a salary coming into your account every month. So actually what you put in is what you get out. Yeah. And you're more, maybe you're more invested in what you're doing in some ways as well. So it's, it's always easier to go, Oh, I'll just do another hour or you're in the moment and you're like, I don't want to stop doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Then before you know it, you're then like, Oh, I just want to go to bed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, you know, the, the, again, like, uh, the things that that give with one hand and take away with the other mobile phones i mean you don't even need to be sat at your desk to be doing half of this stuff because you've got a phone that's it's you know making a the lights the shiny lights come on every time that an email comes in or a text or something and it's so easy to just go oh, i'll just do this yeah and you know for 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 us if one of us it, it picks up a job goes oh i'm just going to do x for half an hour which is never just for half an hour no. then of course the other one goes well if you're doing it then i should probably do something before you know it you, you know two hours have passed and and it's less time that you're connecting uh, so we need to be more disciplined here in this household we're not unhappy i mean broadly i i would say and again i'm very grateful for it we're actually doing quite well in terms of our mood mm. but um there's I mean, it's pretty dull, really. It's a pretty dull existence. And that's is, not, yeah. you know, I, I guess I'd rather have dull. There's, there's many, many worse ways to be. Yeah. But it's, it does get to be a bit of a drag, like you say, after a while. Is there anything that has uh, particularly, so there's a lot of, grumpy inducing things in the news is there anything in media or social media that's cheered you up lately is there any anything on uh, on the socials that you're addicted to that's cheered you up or um i don't know really i mean i've been reading a lot i've been reading a lot the last couple of months as well so i've just been oh, yeah trying because in in a similar fashion to what you were saying we we had uh, things that we wanted to watch together months ago that we that we watched um, but then we just sort of fell into that pattern of spending like three hours a night just looking through what's on Amazon Prime and then going oh there's nothing on it let's look through Netflix and then you click through that oh there's nothing on it you know like yeah. you say actually you know only having four channels means that you've got a you've got a one in four choice of what to pick so if you want to watch telly it's kind of simpler and when i whenever i speak to my dad my dad is always amazed that i haven't watched the same thing as him because <laughs> i think he thinks in those confines of well there are only four channels yeah yeah so if i haven't watched something that he's been watching he's just yeah he's sort of almost outraged but um <laughs> what so, have you been uh, reading then any recommendations of what i've been reading i read uh shuggy baines which won the booker prize the 2020 Booker Prize, which is about a um, a boy who grows up in a really poor part of Scotland and has a very difficult um, upbringing and has some amazing... His mother's an alcoholic and he just... Yeah, some amazing kind of stories within it, which is great. Really enjoyed that. I read a book that I finished on um, Tuesday or Wednesday called American Dirt, which is about a mother and her son making the journey as immigrants from Mexico over the, uh, to go into the, over the border into America as, as illegal immigrants um, and the journey to get there and the tie-ins with the drug cartels and all of those things. It was really, really good. Like all action kind of book, um, which was, which was really good. And another book called The Vanishing Half, which um, was also a Booker-nominated one, 
uh, where it's about two twin sisters that grow up. Uh, they're from the South in America. Yeah. And they grow up in a sort of very poor upbringing and they go into completely different directions. And um, just the story of how their lives separate entirely and then kind of come back together. Really good. So uh, I read all of those and then I'm also reading a book called How to Write One Song. And it's by, I think his name's Jeff Tweedy. And he's maybe the singer or the guitar player or songwriter for Wilco. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know the name. Yeah. So I've been reading that as well um, because uh, I've bought, as you know, I bought a guitar a few months ago. So yes. write one song on it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. I've got nowhere with writing said one song and been distracted by other books. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's really good as well. It's written kind of partially like a memoir and partially about how his writing technique has evolved over over time. So, yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, good. Uh, yeah, kind of random mix, but um, but yeah, they've definitely been things that have kept me entertained in the evenings. How about you? Um, I've been. Um, I'm a really slow reader, so I've been it's lots of audio books for me. Um, I've been uh, really, really loving um, Ibrahim X Kendi's How to Be Anti-Racist. Um, okay, yeah, it's bloody brilliant. Um, yeah. For me, I uh, tried to uh, educate myself better last year uh, on the on the issue of race inequality because it's something I always thought I understood, and that was challenged during various events last year. Mm. And I've I've listened to actually several. Um, books I'd probably put these um, I could put these in show notes uh, but there's there's several it doesn't all make for easy reading but um, this particular one uh, Ibrahim, Ibrahim X Kendi he, he maps out a lot of history and for me I don't know he just speaks in a way that I find easy to to get and he's he's very much not coming at things from from a segregating point of view um he talks about he, he specifically talks about being anti-racist and that being more important than being black or being white and more mm. about the, the fact that we need to come together and talk more and i think that for me has been a really powerful message because i i think our world has felt so divided over the last few years and actually his book about a great division is mm. written from a place of actually trying to bring us back together and that was I, it was really nice I, again it was kind of a unifying thing mm. that's a huge recommendation i really recommend that um some lighter notes i'm currently listening to uh oh, the title of it it's mark lanagan's book so that the oh really mark lanagan yeah i'm a huge um Queens of the Stone uh, Age fan. I hadn't really listened to Screaming Trees and uh, he's got other acts, but Mark Lanigan, singer in his own right, occasional singer with Queens of the Stone Age, who are one of my favourite bands. Um, I've started listening to his kind of autobiography and it's it's really good. Yeah, uh, that's on it, my list of, uh, of, of books to read next. It's great. Honestly, you, you'll really enjoy it. And the audiobook it is read by him, so you get his gravelly tones talking you through it. So that's, yeah, really, really, really good. Um, and the other thing uh, is I rediscovered um, Sonic Highways, the Foo Fighters uh, oh, yeah. series of documentaries on Netflix, which yeah. is really good fun because um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's... Foo Fighters traveling around America, um, recording in a studio or playing at a venue that is, is more um, not so much famous but notorious in that in that city. And what's really cool is they really go into the they take time to go into the history of that city and the music mm. scene and stuff like that. Did you watch it? I did when, watch it. Yeah, I remember. All oh, right, cool. It when, it's one of those things that. Yeah, I I remember watching it and really enjoying it, and then the album coming out and not being 
not ever really listening to the album a lot. Yeah. Um, and probably just as um, probably just as my sort of tastes have changed over the years that I'm not as much of a Foo Fighters fan as I would have been, you know, sort of back in the in the nineties. But um yeah, I did I definitely watched it and I I mean I loved that. I think Dave Grohl and and all of them are, they're such a great group of people because the chemistry yeah. between them, they look like they're having a great time whatever they're doing. But yeah. there's stories behind some of those fantastic studios and that they're not it's not just rock studios, it's actually like a variety of different music types and the different towns that they go in that Nashville's, you know, got its own sound and all yeah, of those yeah. types of things. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. That um yeah the, the one in Nashville the the country one I it just really made me chuckle because it was um I mean they they don't go anywhere to to take the mick out of or to parody the scene certainly but when you go to Nashville obviously it's very country focused and they they obviously talk loads about country musicians but as you watch the show they seem to get more and more country as it goes through it the the stuff they're wearing by the end of it I think most of the band are wearing cowboy hats and there's no mention of it it's not it doesn't yeah. look like they're joking about it it just looks like they've really enjoyed themselves and they've totally like adopted yeah. Nashville I yeah it was is is good fun uh and you know Dave Grohl does seems to he, he comes across as a very warm individual he really yeah. draws you in and seems to be keen to understand and pay respect to like everyone which is which is a lovely thing his uh, that's something that has on, on social media that's really cheered me up actually the song it, his um his uh his um to and fro with Nandy the drummer girl yes yeah the that, girl who plays the drums yeah she's amazing isn't she phenomenal drummer I mean she's yeah. great and she I mean she rocks she's just very very cool but it's watching you know this um little girl mm. doing these bits to camera and then international superstar Dave Grohl having that conversation and it becomes a competition between them and stuff. Oh, it just, it just really mm. warmed my heart. And, you know, she's awesome. She's inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed the, like the song that they cut the, the two bits together. I thought it was just, yeah. Amazing. Really good. Yeah. I, it's funny. You were saying about singing earlier on and you were saying about doing line by line with, um, you know, recording line by line with that song. I remember having a, like a special edition um, Queens of the Stone Age album that had got a DVD with it, like a making of the album, whatever the album after um, Songs for the Death was. Yeah. That that got like a making of it and Lanigan sings the opening song on it, which is like right. an acoustic-y, this lullaby or something. Yeah, that is, and, that is Songs for the Death, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. Yeah, maybe that's what the 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 DVD is of, but anyway, it's got him recording that song line by line. Huh. Every uh, before every line that he sings, he takes a big drag on this horrible, dirty-looking cigarette, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and then they stop, and then he's back, <laughs> and it's just like you, you hear it like as isolated lines, and you're like, this just sounds like it's going to be mad. Like, what sort of crazy noise is it going to be and it's just him and this really delicate arpeggio guitar and you just think wow it's so like intense the what those some of those recording methods must be like yeah that's great i quite often try if that's just, I'm, i imagine it's the same song I'm, I'm thinking of and i quite often sing that to myself when i can't quite get the the low notes like mm. he's, he's you know he's got it his voice is something else. There's a, talking of Foo Fighters, actually, I just remembered there's, um, I have been, there are in fact other podcasts out there, I've been told. Mm. Um, and one of them, um, there's a show called Walking the Floor and it's uh, Chris Shiflett, one of the oh, guitarists yeah. from Foo Fighters. And uh, I didn't even realise until quite recently that he is an artist in his own right um and very prolific he's got a ton of albums out much more country really good stuff um but his podcast is really good he gets loads of musicians on and the other one that's been really quite fun and they're quite short and sharp is foy vance 
has one called the last no it's called the vinyl supper the vinyl supper and the idea is um he, he started doing it during lockdown and it starts with you can hear this crackling fire in the background and, and he's he's opening the door to his guest and he's saying right it's it's your last night on earth for whatever reason um what what are you going to eat what we're going to have for dinner and what would be the soundtrack to the night? And he talks them through it. And I'll be honest, the premise is really loose. It's really just conversations with a bunch of good folk who, who, who um, and they have a bit of a natter. But that's that's quite a good uh, music-related podcast. That's well worth a listen. I'll give them a go. I've been listening to um, Transmissions, which is uh, a story of Joy Division and New Order. Oh wow! Podcast on it's. I've been listening to it on Spotify. I don't know if it's only on Spotify, um, but that is. I mean, I I love both of those bands anyway. Yeah. Um, Likewise, but it's it's great, and it's the majority of the content is Bernard Sumner, Hooky, and um, and the other two. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it's just really really interesting that. Um, to hear from them talking about everything from Joy Division and Ian Curtis, but right up to the, you know, not just the band, but the things about Factory Records and owning the Hacienda and all the things that, that where they were super successful, but yet they still didn't ever have anything really like money-wise and stuff mm. like that, because Factory just, you know, the way that Factory operated was, uh, they were the kind of cash cow of, of Factory in the end. So that's that's really, really good. And that, if you, I don't know if you listened to it as well, is another one that's on Spotify, but the story of the clash. Uh, I keep meaning to do that one, yeah. It's so great. I mean, I, it, I, I've always liked the clash, but um, never really known that much about the formation of them and how they started. And um, and Joe Strymer just seems like an amazing guy as well. So it's, um, yeah. yeah. The, the Joy Division one is great. I think it's, it's literally just finished last week. So, um there's only maybe eight in total but really okay good. yeah really good well with these are these are all yeah need really good suggestions at the moment for, yeah for stuff like that yeah and it's that's what's good isn't it like the when you get those things because actually if you get a good book or you know a good podcast or or something to watch it does just take you out of what you're doing it yeah. does just take you somewhere else. I think that's the thing I've found with like, it's probably why I've been like flat out reading mm. the, last, the last few weeks is because when you're, when I'm reading, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just absorbed in, in the moment and, you know, taking it, taking it all in. So it's just been a like good escapism. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I've certainly got back into the habit of uh, actual reading before bed as well. So that, that is, um, I've got, I'm very bad at sticking to one book. So I've got a few different ones on the go, depending on my mood, but I definitely find that um, it's almost like the antidote to the, 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 all the neuron neurons firing away that my phone and laptop yeah. and things are giving me during the day. The book seems to put them all to sleep. It's got a really good, um, it, it really brings me down. It's like a, a natural sleeping pill. And I, and, I think we could all do with a little bit more of that. And, mm. you know, it's good to get some some good reading. There's, I probably should do the, learn the stats for this at some point, but the um, it's it's much better for your eyes and your brain and, and all sorts of things, isn't it? Read, read yeah. Off, they say. Yeah, and you do that lovely drifting off. Yeah. Your head yeah. get heavy. Kate woke me up the other day. I was laid there just like with a book in front of me, my head down. And she goes, Liam, are you gonna are you gonna go to sleep? And I said, I'm watching the book. <laughs> <laughs> and she's filming me like a, you know, beat there like that. I'm watching the book. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but it is got yeah. It's, I I I definitely sleep better if I'm not if I'm not looking at my phone right before going to bed. Yeah, that's a, definitely a good a good tactic. I think um, I'm trying to. Um, it's annoying because I use my phone for uh, podcasts and things and sometimes we'll listen to a little bit of a podcast before we go to sleep so yeah. I bring the phone upstairs but I have been trying to charge the phone downstairs and leave it out the room and I actually have my phone 
on do not disturb for a lot of the day as well. Mm. Um, that's a tactic employed to I figure out I can control my output, but I can't control what's coming in. Yeah. Um, if I if I just basically silenced it, then I'm not prompted to keep checking it every two minutes. I still do because I'm addicted <laughs> to it, like most of us are. Yeah. Um, but it's an it's an attempt to try and you know things can wait. Very few things are urgent enough that yeah i've got my my um family members as emergency contacts on there so if if something ever happened that would yeah. cut through the do not disturb thing but i find it um yeah i i anything to get away from my phone because it's it's welded to my hand pretty much mm, yeah yeah i think that's again one of the things that there's been more of a like a a challenge i suppose from from working at at home is is creating that distinction between when you're at work and not at work Mm -hmm. and by having those things like i've got i've got a teams microsoft teams thing on my phone so that's pinging away i've got people in my team that are at work till eight o'clock at night i'll finish at half four Mm -hmm. they're still messaging on that there's still things activity on that so i'm kind of looking at that going oh i'm gonna have to do that tomorrow morning i'll I'll just fix that now. And it's like, it's such a um, slippery slope to get in because you think, I'll just do that now because it's easier. Or it'll only take me two minutes and it means I don't have to worry about it tomorrow. But then before you know it, you you know, you're you're still doing stuff when those people that finish at eight o'clock have gone home because it just becomes part of your mindset to just keep checking it and just going, oh, what's going on there? And lots of, you know, there's good flexibility that we've put in for people that are doing homeschooling and stuff like that but it means people are working some really odd hours now right um so there's always this 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 kind of constant buzz of things happening that um the temptation is and especially if you haven't got like you know kind of other things that you're doing or good distractions yeah the temptation is to just go i'll just have a look yeah yeah that's that's hard that that's really hard i guess do you um you take breaks during the day to give yourself a yeah i have like i mean we got i got into a bad spell of not of not having a lunch break so in probably about so after my birthday it's probably about november time i sort of got back into that habit of of making sure i have a lunch break every day and i I just make sure that i do it now so i have an hour for lunch and um I, there's another thing actually I've been watching on Netflix that I've been watching this week on my lunch break, which is uh, called The Night Stalker. Oh, about a serial brilliant. killer. Have you watched yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Fantastic. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so just, yeah, just like anything like that, basically, just make sure that, that, um, that I just get out of the room that I work in. Yeah. Um, and get away from, from being like, you know, whatever it is a foot away from the laptop screen and i mean it's the 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 first like the first kind of proper lockdown in march april we had amazing weather didn't we as well we did and i think that made that made a massive difference because we were sitting outside and having our lunch or we were going for walks and we wanted to be outside and it finished work and we'd be desperate to go out and you know even just sit in the garden but because it's been so wet and miserable you like look outside and you're like well, I don't want to do anything other than sit in front of the telly. Yeah. It's, so it's, I wonder if that's, so I, I wonder, I imagine I can't be the only one. I've found, I've, I've quite, I don't mind hibernating. I th- it took a little while to get into it. As the summer ended, I was feeling the evenings drawing in and it felt like the end of your freedom and stuff. But yeah, um, to a degree, I quite like, I think that I, as long as I know that winter will become spring, will become summer, and that we've got things to look forward to, yeah, I quite enjoy the excuse to sit comfortably and yeah. watch more TV and things. And I think that I, I don't when um, if 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 I catch myself thinking of it as existence like this is all you've ever got then i get pretty sad about it i don't like the idea of just being huddled up indoors not being able to go anywhere but if i remind myself that look it's seasonal um yeah when the summer comes 
and I mean it might partly down to it we live in a very small cottage where there's there's not a lot of natural light in our house the windows are quite small it's quite low down we live in a valley and so it's kind of made for the the winter in that respect it's a very wintry Christmassy feeling little place when the summer comes we're basically outdoors for as much of the day as we can get away with we if if it's dry yeah. we'll eat out there you know we, we have breaks out there if I can see what I'm doing I've been known to take the laptop and, and work out there we try and try and sort of live live out there so I I guess I'm trying to sort of embrace the seasons and because I know that I'll be like that for most of summer at the moment I almost feel like this is a great time mm. to indulge. Don't don't feel guilty about watching so much TV and Netflix and stuff yeah. like that. This is the time you get to enjoy it because when the summer comes around, you're not going to be in there. You don't want to be doing it, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll be outdoors till 9, 10 o'clock, and by the time you come in, you won't want to watch a movie. It's too too late. It's time, time for bed. So yeah. I, that's that's how I've been... Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Looking at it. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And that's what you've got to try and be mindful full of isn't it this is temporary it's probably a lot longer than we anticipated 10 months ago yeah but, but it is temporary it will pass and we will get we will get through it and beyond it and yeah is it any bad thing if you get to sit there and relax and do the things that, that you would normally value or you would normally you know not feel bad about doing because of where there's rubbish outside and you've been outside working in it all day yeah you're happy to shelter from it the difference is probably just having been indoors all day but that's yeah. not to say that those things are any less valuable or any less important there's a bit of us that is just fed up i think that's fine it's okay to be fed up because yeah You've got every right to be fed up, but I think that, <laughs> I think that we, we most of us are also afflicted with feelings of guilt that we probably shouldn't feel because we feel like we should be out doing more mm. and we can't do that. And the, this enforced um, indoorsness makes us feel, it, it really emphasises the fact that we haven't been anywhere today and you feel bad for that. But I, I guess I'm saying... I don't feel particularly bad. Occasionally I do. Every so often it will get to me, but mostly I, I feel I feel pretty good about it. You know, on the um on the subject of, of this will pass, I, I remembered something the other day um that really kind of cheered me up and um I, I wrote a piece on this for, for patreon.com. Um, and sometimes I get really down when I watch, I'm trying not to watch the news, but I mean, that's really difficult because you don't want to miss anything because yeah. things change so quickly. You don't want to be the one that's missed out on something or there might be something genuinely important, but so often there's about 10 minutes of really important stuff. And then the rest of it, they fill the hour. I'd love to go back to the days when if th there was a day when there was no news, like in the sixties or the seventies or something, they had nothing. So they didn't bother posting anything. And I think that's that's brilliant. We, we need to get back to that. Like, if there's no news, then there's no news. Don't show us reels and reels of things that are depressing if, they, if, there's, if they're not of any use for us. But um, I remembered that in 2000, and, at the end of 2007, I was working in the finance industry when uh, banks started being raided by the police uh, for fraud. And that was the beginning of the 2008 uh, yeah. financial crisis. And at the time, that sort of the year that followed that, businesses closed down, people's mortgages went up the spout, um, job, I lost my job. I was one of thousands of people that lost their jobs. Mm. Um, I can remember news footage of housing developments just left unfinished, yeah. like with, with walls missing and stuff for, for the foreseeable well indefinitely at the time mm. um i can remember seeing queues and queues of people trying to get their money out of banks that were looked like they were about to shut down it felt like the end of the world and i can remember how depressed the whole country was it was absolutely horrendous it mm. felt like this does and there will have been some lasting effects of that in pockets of the country i'm sure but by and large a couple mm. of years later completely forgotten about it yeah you know norm, normal life resumed and that was 
that felt like the the end of existence as we knew it. And then the more I thought of it, the the more I thought of loads of disasters that have ever happened. Um, obviously, I'm, I don't mean to trivialise the fact that clearly when something bad happens, there are victims, you know, people die or people suffer or lose their homes and things. And, and that's that's really terrible. But for those of us who are fortunate enough to not be those people, mm. you do get through it. You come out the other side in a few years' time. I don't know that we'll we'll have forgotten about this. That seems unlikely. It's been pretty big, but we yeah. will be. We won't be thinking about this when we're, um, you know, sat in the departure lounge waiting to go on our holiday or something like that. You know, all of that stuff yeah. will come back. It'll take a bit of time, but we will get we will get through this. I think sometimes it's important to remember that this is not the first time. It might be the most dramatic thing that that most of us have ever been through in terms of a global happening but it's not the first time we've been through something difficult they generally pass we'll we'll get through it okay yeah it's 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 odd isn't it because it's um, yeah i completely agree with you but it, it, it and it is like it's a may it's a major event you kind of can't take anything away from that but yeah there's there's been there's been multiple other things that have happened that have had you know as this a similar or bigger impact yeah um you know ac- across the world so and and life goes on doesn't it i suppose that's that's the thing and for some for for some people and hopefully for for not many not not many people in the grand scheme of things their lives are are altered um by it and impacted by it but but for the vast majority out of the ashes of of things that have been lost through this pandemic whether you know for businesses opportunities those types of things there'll be other things that will rise as happened in the you know the example that you gave with the financial crisis that we had what you know 12 years ago that seems like a very very distant memory now doesn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah We'll, we'll get there Once again, thank you so much to all of our listeners and supporters. And if you would like to help us keep the lights on for the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Tom Corneal and donate a tiny amount each month, which helps us cover subscription fees and the amount of time and effort it takes to cover these shows. We're hugely grateful for every little donation that we get. You guys, listeners, supporters, you make all of this possible. If you're finding this podcast useful, then please remember to subscribe so that you don't miss the next show. And also give us a rating if you'd like to. It's really helpful for us. We're so grateful for every bit of support that we get in whatever form we may receive it. Take care, folks.